Welcome to the Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. In 2019, an article appeared in the Frontiers of Public Health about the dangers to our health and well-being from the radio frequency signals coming from cell phones. We thought it necessary to look at this in greater detail and to understand the controversies and the facts. There has been a particular large amount of discussion about the 5G system that is now coming into play. Anthony Miller is a professor at the Dalai Lama School of Public Health at the University of Toronto. And he kindly joins us to discuss these concerns. Dr. Miller, thank you for being with us. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you, sir. Clearly, we are now exposing our bodies to radiation that is not normally found in nature. But let's start with a little bit of a background. How did you get involved in studying this topic? Is it being generally accepted by the medical community? Just let's start with an overview, please. I was asked some years ago to look at the data relating to the possible adverse effects of electric and magnetic fields from the generation and transmission of electricity. And I conducted a study of the employees of the Crown Corporation concerned with generation and transmission of electricity in Ontario, the province of Canada in which I live, and I found that there was an increased risk of leukemia and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in those who had prolonged exposure, particularly to electric fields and who went in and out of electric fields in the course of their work, up transmission towers, near generators, and so on. And then when information began to accrue that there might be an adverse effects from what we now call radiofrequency radiation, which is the non-ionizing radiation used in the transmission of data and voice and whatever by cell phones, I became interested in that and together with colleagues have reviewed a large number of studies that have been conducted on this. And my conclusion is that we are dealing with something that is a human carcinogen. That is, if you have prolonged exposure to radiofrequency fields, particularly if it starts early in life, your risk of cancers is substantially increased. But that's not all. We have evidence now that radiofrequency radiation can affect the sperm so that men who keep cell phones in their trouser pockets are likely to have be at risk of sterility or low fertility and similar effect we believe occurs in women. It's even been shown in a few studies that women who keep cell phones in their bras increase the risk of breast cancer. So we are dealing with what I regard as something that we should try and reduce exposure to what we call as low as reasonably achievable, something we succeeded in doing with ionizing radiation, that is x-rays, many years ago. Is there enough acceptance in the medical communities about your observations and your findings? Are people taking this seriously enough, or are they sort of looking at it as another person raising a concern that may not be so bad in the long run? What's your experience in terms of dealing with this information and the general medical community? Well, 
I think you're right. In general, people are not taking sufficient notice about it. They are unconcerned. They are basically not doing what they should to reduce their own exposure. And this actually includes the public's reaction to this potential introduction of 5G, which is another form of what we call modulation of these radio frequency rays. And the problem with 5G is that it requires multiple small cell towers throughout communities in order to ensure that the radio frequency radiation of this modulation gets to the cell phones and, in fact, other devices in the home. And we are very concerned about this, although this hasn't been introduced long enough to be able to determine if it does increase the risk of cancer. We believe, by analogy to the earlier modulations of radio frequency radiation, that it is likely to do so. And because of the wide exposure that may occur, uh, it could be uh, very much a disaster. What seems to be the issue, therefore, in why the 5G system has raised such concern? Is it a matter of that at a higher frequency it does different things to the cells or it's just more powerful, there's more energy? I guess I'm asking for a very brief course in the medical aspects and the physics aspects of why are we concerned? What is it doing to our cells? Well, how much do we know? We don't know enough, but what we do know is that in order for it to work, you need these multiple transmission towers. It affects the skin. We know it penetrates into the skin and causes changes in the metabolism of cells. We're concerned it may affect the blood cells in this way, and we just feel we're dealing with a new type of exposure which hasn't been fully assessed. The earlier types of exposure that humans have had to radio frequency fields have now been assessed very carefully by large animal studies, one by the U.S. National Toxicology Program and another by the Ramazzini Institute in Italy. And both of them have shown increase in cancers, particularly changes in cell, the types of cells which we have seen in human studies are associated with exposure to prolonged exposure to radio frequency radiation. This is sufficient, we believe, to make a categorization of radiofrequency radiation as a human carcinogen, putting it as the same level of uh, asbestos, for example. And we, we learned rather late that we had to reduce humans' exposure to, to, to asbestos, also to uh, cigarette smoking, and we need to do more of the same in relation to radiofrequency radiation. We need to reduce our exposure. So it becomes another toxin in our environment in so many ways. It, it's equivalent to insecticides or other thing that our body by nature is not used to being exposed to. It sounds very ominous and very worrisome. It is indeed. And this is the trouble. People have ignored the danger. Industry wants to promote this. Yet those bodies that are concerned with assessing risk and possibly ensuring against it have in fact decline to provide protection in terms of potential dangers of radiofrequency radiation. Therefore, at least the insurance industry has woken up to the potential dangers and has taken action. Is there anything that an individual user can do to reduce 
the exposure to the 5G system, which I'm told is a higher frequency, more of a microwave frequency, insofar as holding their phone differently, using earphones as opposed to putting it next to the head, or is it a larger problem because we're exposed to the transmitters? Do we know? I think it's a larger problem because we're exposed to the transmitters. It's certainly true that people can reduce their exposure to radio frequency radiation if they hold the phone away from them, if they use earbuds and avoid putting the phones close to the body. I saw, with great interest, two new terms that seem to be capturing this, or at least hopefully stimulating some interest. One is called microwave sickness, and I must confess, I don't know how new the term is, but to me it was. And the other is called electro-hypersensitivity. Can you define these a little bit more, sir? Do we do they overlap? Some information, yes, please. D- these are two different terms used essentially to, to describe the same phenomenon, and this is that certain people have become particularly susceptible to the effects of radio frequency radiation. They can get headaches, they can feel ill, they can get rashes, and they find it impossible to live in a situation where they are exposed to radio frequency radiation. And some of them have had to move into very isolated areas to recover some of their health. I saw someone talk about how he began to feel these symptoms, and by investigating where they were coming from, it became evident that the electric meters from the electric company in his building, an apartment building, were all using, they call them smart meters, and they would transmit the usage patterns by basically a cell phone, and they would do it very frequently. And this just, it it captured me that maybe we aren't even more exposed than we realize to these forms of radiation, and it's going to cause a significant change in our society because we depend so much on these. I I like your thoughts on that, please. Well, it's certainly true. Smart meters are attached to buildings to communicate with each other and thus with the central authority using radio frequency radiation, and they do this all the time. We actually have one on our own house, but fortunately for us, it's on the outside of a double garage, and there's a substantial difference, the distance between the meter and where we normally live and work. I've been able to determine this because I have a meter which measures these fields. Remember that the distance, and this is something that people who are familiar with this often repeat, distance is your friend. The further away from the source of exposure you are, the less the risk. So if, therefore, because of the nature of the 5G system, the physics of the electromagnetic radiation of the 5G system, we're going to be exposed to a carpet of transmitters that we're not going to be able to have that distance. That's exactly right. And that's why we believe that it's important that municipalities, for example, should not give up their rights to control this. They should essentially say no to this sort of exposure. Householders should say no. I'm not prepared to have one of these little meters stuck on on the telephone pole, which is outside my home. We have to realize that although everyone is looking for faster and faster access downloading times from the internet, 
radio frequency radiation is not the only way to do this. A far more efficient way is using fiber optic cable. Fiber optic cables have actually been installed for a number of reasons in many municipalities, and it would not be uh, difficult, would not be expensive to extend their reach to homes in those municipalities. As it happens, we're fortunate in that Bell Canada uses a system called Bell Fibre, which is fiber optic cables, and we get linkage to the internet through fiber optics without any risk to our health. I like the idea. So the fiber optics comes into the house and then goes through a regular Wi-Fi router, which is, of course, a different set of frequencies and, to our knowledge, not as bad as the 5G, and hence is being reduced. As I'm listening to you, sir, and I'm fascinated about this, and I'm so pleased to talk to you about this entire problem, but we're looking at what has become a habitual convenience among so many people, especially even young children, that we may be exposing them to dangers here and swapping the danger exposure for convenience. It worries me very much. I, I agree with you, and I am worried also. And what we've got to remember is that if exposure starts early in life, we've learned this for a number of different human carcinogens, the risk later in life is going to be very much greater. And parents should reduce the exposure of their children to radiofrequency radiation as far as possible. They should not use baby monitors powered by radiofrequency radiation. They should not give their children access to cell phones or iPads or other such devices using radiofrequency radiation. Children are susceptible. The tumor in humans, which has been most associated with exposure to radiofrequency radiation because of the way people hold cell phones to their heads, is the tumor of the brain called glioblastoma. We know that children's skulls are thinner. The exposure of children to radiofrequency radiation from cell phones is much more widely distributed within the brain and particularly at the front of the brain and the what we call the temporal region, the side of the brain, and this is where the cell phone exposure tends to be greatest in children. So parents have an obligation to essentially remove their children's exposure to radiofrequency radiation, as do schools. Schools should not use Wi-Fi for linkage to computers within school rooms. They should instead install wired connections so that there is no exposure to radiofrequency radiation. There is a international group. You were one of the signatories. Approximately, what, 200 or 250 scientists signed it, and it is a international appeal to various health agencies, including the Secretary General of the United Nations, the World Health Organization, some other health organizations, United Nations Environmental Program. Scientists call for protection from non-ionizing electromagnetic field exposure. It's been published approximately a year ago. Tell us a little bit about that, please, sir, and the response. The response has up till now been almost negligible. The World Health Organization maintains it has a an internal body which is looking into the evidence. The history relating to the World Health Organization's approach to this is rather damning because they, some years ago, their program was run by a person from originally from Australia who had linkage, strong linkage 
to the telecommunications industry and who sort of maintained these linkages while he was in WHO. The International Agency for Research on Cancer, which is the independent agency financed independently of the World Health Organization, but is the cancer research agency of the World Health Organization, did in 2011 review the evidence that was then available. And the working group that was assembled to review the evidence concluded that radiofrequency radiation was a possible human carcinogen. They have a series of categories. Now, we believe that if the International Agency for Research on Cancer were to convene another working group to review the evidence, they would conclude differently because of the human studies that we should continue to show risk, the animal experimental studies I described earlier, and also a lot of studies of the biology of cells, their reaction to radiofrequency radiation, which confirms this is indeed a very active agent and disturbs the metabolism of cells, how they communicate, how they grow. A fascinating, frightening evolution of the use of technology. You highlight the importance of knowing this and, and not being cavalier about it. It's, it's I think, ten exactly. people get to be too cavalier too quickly. Dr. Anthony Miller is a professor at the University of Toronto and has studied issues of electromagnetic uh, radiation and its effect on our bodies for many years. So this has been very interesting and, and very unnerving because it's all over the place and we, right. and we need to take very strong steps to study it and do what we need to do. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. This has been a good overview and pray tell a start to people being more aggressive about what they need to do about it. I hope so indeed. Thank you.